This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Are you tired of the endless stream of fantasy marketing and vanity metrics? Yeah, so am I. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, media specialist, and marketing strategist. I'm also a student of professional development, and like you, I've been left frustrated by all of this influencer-driven generic advice making us think that we are just one course, conference, or manifestation away from the life of our dreams. We need to cut through this crap and move beyond the posturing, beyond the facade, beyond the image to take real action on the real work that will create the real results. This is the Beyond the Image podcast. Welcome to this latest episode of the Beyond the Image podcast. I'm your host, James Patrick. Today, we're going to be diving into something that is uh, honestly something I consider to be of utmost importance for our journey as business owners, our journey as entrepreneurs. And that is the, the misperception of what it takes to be quote unquote successful. And it's something that has impacted myself as an entrepreneur. And my guess is, is it's impacted many of those who are tuning in uh, to this episode. And that is really the, the misleading of the hustle culture of this idea of having to grind and push and go to this extreme. Should we ever want to see success? Should we want to ever want to achieve fulfillment? And as we start to burn the candle, really not just burn the candle at both ends, but literally just throw the candle on the fire, um, we're starting to see that the end of that rainbow isn't as, as fruitful as we might have thought it once was. So my guest today, is Kim Wall. She's the founder of Warrior Forward. Kim, how are you doing today? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Glad you could be on. So uh, to to give some kind of background context, I mean, you work with uh, women specifically, but entrepreneurs who are struggling with burnout in their in their own lives. What was it that really was that spark of inspiration for you to hone in and focus on this as your as your specialty? I mean, it was, to be honest, it was an evolution per se. Um, it wasn't how I started my entrepreneurial journey. And it's definitely, um, I don't know that this will be the end. I think being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, you're always kind of evolving. It's like, you know, I hate to use the word pivot, but you have to be able to adapt. And because we as individuals change and evolve as we grow and age and go through life, our business plan, our purpose, our intention, um, that may shift slightly. So it wasn't where I started, um, but it was where I needed to be based on my own burnout and my own frustration and um, really taking some time to think about what I wanted and what I felt my purpose and my calling was, and then how to build that into uh, what I was passionate about and kind of fusing those two lives together. I'm curious, what was 
because burnout is it's kind of like a catch-all expression um i know for myself burnout for me was legitimately going to a doctor uh, to to try to deal with this what i just thought was chronic fatigue that i thought you know what maybe mm-hmm. maybe i just need a, a vitamin b shot or something like that and when i was told how severe the results were of my burnout, uh, the fact that it was impacting my health in so many different ways. Uh, it was a very big yeah. wake up call for me. I was curious, what what was it for you that was kind of like your own experience with burnout? How did that manifest itself in your own in your own journey? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to want to play it, um, I was diagnosed with thyroid disease mm. 17 years ago. It was right after I had my daughter. Um, and the reason that piece of it is so important was I had a newborn and everyone naturally thought I, it, you know, it was postpartum situation. Um, and I just was adamant. I, I had been aware of my own body and, and my own feelings. Um, I've always kind of been in tune with that as, as a woman. And so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing to find answers. Um, and because that happened to me early in my 20s, I've always been able to kind of connect when those feelings um, and that exhaustion, it's just, it's very different um, when you are moving into a place of burnout. And, I, and for me specifically, it's it's a mental health issue. So, and I think it affects a lot of people in, in, in with their mental health. So just having that awareness and being able to pinpoint um, what I was going through. And um, unfortunately, I've, I've been through a lot in, in my 40 years, but definitely as an adult, um, that it's given me that experience to now, you know, I'll say in my second act or my midlife, um, I can pick up on it pretty quickly um, and do something proactively about it. But I think it's um, it's really just taking time to step back and Unfortunately, similarly to you, a lot of people end up going to the doctor, trying to figure out what's wrong. They know they don't feel good. They know they're not operating optimally. You know, they're, they're not loving their life the way that they could. Um, and so they think something's wrong and ultimately something is wrong, but it may not be, you know, a, a type of disease per se. Uh, it could be, but really it's, that's where people end up in the doctor's office. And then they realize, oh, wait, you know, this is sort of self-induced. You know, it's interesting that for for those who are still, I would say, consumed by that hustle culture, that, that it, no, uh, being tired is a sign of weakness. That yeah. in order to to accelerate or to gain momentum or to scale. Um, we have to push hard. We have to be able to work into the evenings and into the late hours. We have to be able to outthink, outwork, outsmart all the outs, uh, our competition, whoever whoever that competition may be, um, if yeah. we ever hope to. And, and, we, and, and this is reinforce when we when we hear all these stories of people who have achieved this level of success that we think we want to aspire to and we hear about the late nights they had and the uh, you know the the hours of sleep that they lost and everything that they're willing to sacrifice and we think well we just need to sacrifice a little bit ourselves and i think 
because of that, the word burnout itself is seen as uh, as o- almost a failure by some. Like, I, there's no way mm-hmm. I could be burnt. Like, that was my response. There's no way I could be burnt out. There's no way. Like, I'm just, I'm doing everything that they told me to do. I'm, what has been your experiences as, pe- as people really are struggling with this cognitive dissonance of, oh, wait, this actually is burnout. And this actually does require that I make some changes. So for me, when I'm when I'm working with clients or I'm, or I'm teaching, I, there's two things I always um, go back to. Um, the first one is uh, there's no balance. You know, you you hear a lot of people searching for this like work life, home life balance, and the reality is there is none. It's it's not possible. You can be harmonious in your lifestyle, but you cannot be focused on a season of growth and and your business entrepreneurship and scaling or your professional goals while simultaneously um, being at every single kid event or every single day. It's, you know, I think it's great that people can can find some kind of connection there, but you just physically can't be in two places at once. For example, I am not playing with my son right now because I'm doing a podcast interview, you know? So am I providing for him? Is he here? Is he safe? Am I going to go play with him later? Yes. But the reality is if I'm working, I can't be a hundred percent into my parenting or my family. And if I'm a hundred percent into my parenting, I can't be answering emails. So trying to find the balance, it, it just accept that it doesn't exist and look for harmony instead. Seek out what is going to fit and work for your lifestyle, your family, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. The second thing I always hone in on is burnout um, does not have to be a failure, but it also does not have to be a success. And I think burnout in general, like you can love what you do. You can be passionate about what you do. You can be committed to what you do. You can be committed to your family. You can be committed to growing your business or hitting that six-figure, that seven-figure mark and still get burnout. And it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. And it doesn't mean that you are failing. It also doesn't mean you're succeeding. Um, And it also doesn't have to be something that you unpack and move into. Like, we go through seasons of life as as adults, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as parents, as professionals, where there are hard seasons and you're going to experience burnout. And I think just acknowledging it and talking about it, opening that conversation of it's a real thing, and but it doesn't have to be a permanent thing is so powerful. Because I think with when people are feeling burnout, like you said, they're feeling a sense of failure. And so what do we do when we feel failure? We immediately move into flight or fight response. We brush it under the rug. We start denial. We're like, you know what? I need to prove not to anyone else, but like subconsciously, I need to prove to myself that I'm not burning out. So I'm just going to keep, I'm going to do more. I'm going to be in more places and be more present. And we add this additional pressure. I think if you remove that stigma and just have a space where you can say like, I'm, I'm burnt out. Like I need a break. Um, It allows you to take that space and time to 
reset, refuel, rest, recover, just like an athlete would, um, without feeling that shame or guilt behind it. I am so glad that you shine some light on this misbelief about balance because mm-hmm. 20 years doing this, mm-hmm. I've never found there to be balance. And yeah. now being a father, there's no such thing as, as even the dream of balance. It is right. kind of like you're all in one place or you're all in another place. Um, right. But I also, I loved how you framed it seasons. Like I'm in a, a, a very busy season right now. We have a lot of projects going on simultaneously. Uh, my summer is not going to be a busy season for me. Right. In fact, it would be hard to fathom being burnt out. So even though for the next few months, I might feel some signs of burnout because mm-hmm. of how much I have going on. I know that there's a light at the end of this tunnel and that my summer is going to be much more open and much more focus on my personal life. And then, you know, maybe I'll go into a busy fall or a busy winter, whatever that might be. And that ebb and that flow, knowing there's that end in sight, I feel like reduces some of the stress and anxiety that might build up of thinking, well, there's, I just got to keep building this. I got to keep growing. I got to keep pushing. Um, And I think it, it helps us remove this tendency to use the word busy as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that. I don't enjoy it. You know, when someone say, Hey, how, how have you been? Was, oh, so busy. So busy. It's like, right. why are we bragging about that? That seems, yeah. <laughs> we might as well be saying inefficient. I'm just doing so inefficient. That's because right. roughly we're saying the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. What have you noticed are some of the there may be less common signs of burnout that that people might be experiencing, but maybe they're not actually thinking it's burnout. Maybe they're just thinking it's something else. Right. I think you know that a simple way to look for it would be your your basic signs of um, just mental strain. Um, those interests when you're not interested in things anymore, when you feel like you can't accomplish a task, when you feel like you're on the hamster wheel, but you're not getting anywhere, when your mind is all over the place, when you have trouble sleeping, when you're losing interest in things that used to bring you joy, um, things that, I mean, my work brings me joy. I love what I do, but I wouldn't call that, that this is not like something I do for relaxation. So if I'm doing something that normally I would find enjoyable to relax, but I'm not finding it enjoyable, like I'm constantly thinking about work, that would be a clear indicator. Um, If you're not able to turn off that business owner, entrepreneur mindset, um, and that's not a popular opinion, it's just mine, but you have to be able to turn it off because burnout and overwhelm and exhaustion and leads to resentment, leads to um, impulsive decisions which can lead to regret, especially in the world of business. And it's a mindset thing because then you start second guessing everything and your mind doesn't shut off. If your mind cannot repair and rest, you're really not functioning like as best as you can. So it's no different than how you fuel your body. 
It's no different than the gas you put in your car. Like your mind needs as much attention um, and preservation as any other part of you does. And if you're not giving it that by being able to compartmentalize and regroup, then you're just working off of fumes and you're ultimately not making decisions from a business standpoint that is going to be sustainable. And there are such clear ways that we can conceptualize this. Uh, the, the one that I go to is, you know, end of the day, I'm, I'm home from work. Um, I'm with my family. We're enjoying family time. But in between whatever I'm doing with my family, I'm checking Instagram. In between whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm looking at my emails again, or I'm checking my text messages. And, I, and we're doing these things subconsciously. But mm -hmm. what this is doing is one, it's keeping me tethered to the work. Right. And, and, and by keeping me tethered to the work two, it's preventing that relaxation and that thus the repair that comes with that relaxation. So the following day, I'm going to feel more tired, more stressed, more worn out because I actually never allowed myself to repair the, the day before. I remember when I worked in corporate marketing, I was, uh, which was around the time I, I ended up in the doctors, um, I started dreaming about working. And like, I would work all day at my office, I'd have a 12 hour day at my office, and then I would go home and, and pass out. And then I would dream all night about being at my office. Uh, so not fun to wake up the next morning and have to go back into my office. And I actually went to my boss. I'm like, can I bill this time? Because this seems this seems unfair <laughs> that I'm dreaming about work. And he said, well, if you have a really good idea on one of these dreams, I'll give you a few hours. I never did. So I never got to catch in that time. But um, that, that was that was very gracious of him to, to offer me that. So as you kind of were mentioning, like denial is one of the first kind of phases, like we, we try to deny that we're, we're in this phase of burnout. But once we acknowledge that, oh, no, this is this is burnout. What happens next? Because I know for myself, it was what you said, which is I'm still holding on to denial a little bit, and I'm just going to prove that I can get through this and make things a whole hell of a lot worse. But then kind of what happens then when we realize, no, we, we actually have to make a change in this. I think it is all about going back to basics, um, to be honest. And when I say basics, think about life um, before you were a business owner or before social media or now, and, and take some inventory of the things that you found joy and relaxation in outside of that bubble. Um, and that may even include like, what did you enjoy before you were a parent? What did you enjoy before you got married? Um, and find ways to connect. I do an activity a lot where we go back to your early experiences and your childhood and things that you love to do because ultimately they manifest into a adult hobbies. Um, and so I think it's going back to basics and finding out what you really like and what is going to bring you joy. The other thing I think is um, in going back to basics, you have to go back to your health and wellness, period. Um, you have to know what is gonna bring you joy, but you also have to take care of your body. And that's mm -hmm. where the whole self-care, self-love comes in. 
it's not about taking a day or a week to recover, essentially. It's about building in habitual behaviors that can help you sustain through those busy seasons um, and then allow you permission to take the break and go on vacation and leave your phone at home. So getting back to basics of what you really like outside of your work passions, um, getting back to self-care, getting back to really fueling your body, moving your body, sleep routines, all of that. And then just giving yourself permission to say like, okay, I don't, I don't have to be the first person to hit this trend, or I don't have to be the first person to make six figures in 23, or I don't have, you know, it's just, it's a process. You're going to have seasons where all you do is work because that's the line of business that we're in. Like you have to be fast paced. You have to be moving. You have to be um, ready to handle all of the things as a CEO, as a business owner. But you also have to be able to set it aside. And it can't just be seven days out of 365. So you implement habitual habits in your day-to-day routine, in your day-to-day life that fit in your lifestyle, because um, I have a, I have strong feelings about doing what everyone else is doing, um, that fit in your lifestyle that can help you sustain through those busy seasons. And then when you feel the burnout, when you're ready for a break, then you take the next step and take some time off or connect um, with friends or take a vacation or go to a retreat or whatever you need to do. What's important about this is these, uh, these are not completely turning one's life upside down to incorporate these things. And I think that's the fear is, well, then I have to give up so much. Well, not Mm -hmm. really, because you're talking about tiny habits and that could be five to 10 minutes and you can keep the other, you know, 23 hours and change as, as, as is, but we're asking for these 10 minutes to do something different. And that's, that's a percentage that a lot can wrap their head around. Um, And I think, you know, there's this compounding effect that happens when you incorporate these tiny, tiny habits. Um, Yeah. And so, so I think that's really important. Then also like, you know, to, to kind of look back at why we got trapped in this hustle modality to begin with, it was based off these conditions that we thought we needed to hit. And you were rifling off a few of them and it's, it's intoxicating (laughs) as a business owner to think, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, And I remember my first year after I left my corporate job, my first goal was to match my salary. And I did that in six months. And I says, okay, well, now I want to double my salary. Well, I did that in the next six months. I said, well, now I want to double that. So I did that the next year. I says, well, can I double that? And I did that the year after. And all I ended up doing was continually moving the finish line, changing the conditions of what I determined to be quote unquote successful. And anytime I reached it, I never celebrated it. I never enjoyed it. I never felt fulfilled. I just, okay, well now I have to do that. And I've had clients who I see them getting kind of caught in that, in that position as well, where, you know, they'll have an amazing year. They're like, well, I have to, I have to double it next year. 
to which I say, why? Like, and I'm not saying right. don't double it. I'm just saying, no, why you yeah. want to double it before you invest all this time and energy to double it? Because if, if there's not a good reason to that, one, you probably won't do it. And two, if you do do it, you're never going to enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. I think anytime um, you reach a goal, whether it's a daily goal or a goal you've had for five years, I think it's important to celebrate that, recognize it. Um, we do, I do daily goals with my clients all the time because I think that is building momentum and that's that compound effect. Like it's really hard to stay focused and motivated on something that is gonna take you six years, six months. Um, so you work with the end in mind, but celebrate those steps along the way. And when you hit that big goal, it's okay to want more. It's okay to move that finish line. Um, but you definitely need to know why you're doing it. And then I think an equally important and sometimes more important question is why would you not do it? Um, because I think our immediate, like, I, why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to make seven figures instead of six figures? Well, I want to have freedom or I want to do you know, go travel more. I want to be in the 1% and all of that is great. But when you can answer, okay, why wouldn't I do it? It's going to take more time away from my family. It's going to, and I'm going to have more work to do. I'm going to have to hire more people. And I hate hiring people. Like knowing why you don't want to do something is equally important as to why you want to do something. Because if why you want something outweighs why you don't want it then you know you can move forward then you know that it's something that you are intentionally about to take action on if you just want to make seven figures because you want to be in the one percent of whatever secret society the one percent is sure go for it mm, are you really going to enjoy that process are you even going to be able to accomplish that goal without tangible benchmarks to get there? Probably not. Um, but if you can answer why you want it and then answer why you might not want it and why you want it is very, very clear, then it's like the doors open for possibilities. And that's where you can dive into that resilience because you're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to have life circumstances stall your progress. You have a pandemic. Like who was prepared? Nobody. Um, but you have to know why you might not want to. Like, why is this a good time? Why is it might not be a good time? Because um, that's going to give you some real hard truths that you normally might, you know, brush to the side. I absolutely love this exercise. I, I've never heard it expressed <laughs> this way. And, and I'm addicted to it because one of the things it also brings up, not only are you weighing the pros and cons of, of a goal. But mm -hmm. also one of the things that, that you alluded to is you can find contradictions within your reasoning. So for example, yes. I want to, I want to reach seven figures. Well, why do you want to reach seven figures? Well, I want to have more freedom. Okay. Well, what, what do you need to do to hit seven figures? Well, I need to work a lot more and I probably need to hire a lot more people and I'm going to have a lot more responsibilities and I'm going to be at the office a lot longer. Well, there goes your fucking freedom right there. Right. So <laughs> it's you're definitely going to unearth some uh 
some realities that you need to face before you really embark on these goals. Because again, we're not out here living a life that you want to feel like you're failing at or that you're not accomplishing the things you want to. But you're also not out here living a life for anyone else. Um, I mean, outside of, you know, you want to live a life for your family or your kids. But I'm, my point is you don't want to just do something because someone else is doing it or because you think it looks pretty on it. That life looks great on Instagram. I want to be in the 1% because that's the life I want. I mean, do you really want that life? Because do you really know what it looks like? Do you really know what it feels like? And so having those questions um, can shine a, a light on really what potentially that might cost you. The other thing I think is really good about it, and I do this with a lot of um, clients that are looking to lose weight or they're looking to accomplish a goal and they haven't been able to. So they're like, I've tried everything. I've tried this coach. I've tried that coach. I've tried this program. I've tried that program. I've tried this business model. And that business model is asking yourself why you want it, but then asking yourself, why haven't you gotten it yet? And it really highlights any kind of self-sabotaging behaviors or limiting beliefs that really might be holding you back. So it may not be that you can't do it, that you can't accomplish that goal, but I think it's really powerful to have a really courageous conversation with yourself about why haven't you done it so far? Like what, what has been stopping you? Um, because ultimately you can have all the goals in the world, all the resources, all the money. If you don't have your mindset, skill set, tool set in place, you're going to constantly struggle. I, I am anticipating some epic journaling sessions ahead for myself. <laughs> because these are some amazing prompts. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so here's something that that I struggle with. And and my guess is that that means others are, are dealing with the same thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, you've known me for years. You know, I'm I I'm addicted to habits and mm -hmm. and the hacking of habits. Um it can be very difficult to maintain a habit without a feedback mechanism to mm -hmm. reinforce why I'm doing the habit. So for example, uh, I have a habit of, you know, 20 minutes of movement every day. Um, mm -hmm. If after doing this for, uh, we'll just say a month, I don't look any different because why would I, you know, it's 20 minutes a day. It's, this is not, this is not, ultimately going to change too much, what would propel me to keep doing that? Or, you know, I have a habit of at least one minute of meditation a day. And if after mm -hmm. a month, I'm not noticing anything, what is going to propel me to keep moving forward? Now, I don't have yet the, the hindsight of compounding interest, or I'm right. not seeing the correlation. So for example, like, I could be meditating every day for a month, but the change is so gradual and so incremental that I feel a little bit better, but immeasurably better every day. But flash forward a year and I'm a totally different person. I just would never see that day to day. What advice or recommendations do you give to help self-fuel some of these habits that we know are important for us, but it's easy to do it for a week or two and then to kind of slough off on it because our lives didn't change dramatically as a result. Right. 
I think that's a great question. Um, and it's something that people are asking all the time and struggling with all the time, because as everyone wants to have all these great habits, um, but they're really hard to stick. And so first of all, a, a habit is something that is designed and built over time. You have a working phase of something and you have a maintenance phase of something. And so again, realizing the reality and accepting that a month of meditation, it, you're still in a working phase. Like that's not a habit. Um, also accepting habits like anything else in life can ebb and flow. Like you may go through seasons in life where you just don't have time to, you know, meal prep for four hours on a Sunday. So you have to adapt, which is the number one thing that I talk about um, in, in my coaching or with anyone, to be honest, is you have to figure out what's going to work for your lifestyle with the season you're in at the time. So everything is possible in terms of healthy habits, maintaining a health and wellness balance. Um, it's possible to get movement in in under 20 minutes a day. It's possible to eat healthy food without spending hours in the kitchen. It's possible to have a good night routine that helps you sleep without taking two hours in a bath and you know, having a personal masseuse come over at nighttime. Like there's all these possibilities, right? And they don't take a lot of effort, but you have to be willing to adapt them and you have to be willing to fit them into your lifestyle. And so one of the things that I found is really becoming common and a problem, and it deters people, um, is they're seeing uh, things on social or they're going to workshops or they're going to seminars. I, I used to be guilty of this all the time. And, you know, people are like, you, you got to get up at 4 a.m. You have to do movement. You don't answer the phone until this time. You have to journal for an hour. You pray for an hour. You don't talk to humans until 3 p.m. You only check your email. Like, that's all well and good for that person. But I can tell you, like, there was a season of my life as a single mom with a six-year-old that was working a full-time job. Um, I wasn't getting up at 4 a.m. to like meditate. And, and I mean, I had to get up a kid and get her to school and get to work and all of the things. So there was no opportunity for me to like, oh, get up and go work out before you do anything else. Like, where was I going to go? I had a six-year-old sleeping at four o'clock. So you have to figure out what's going to work for you in that season of life. And it may not be what the biggest guru in the world is doing. And that's okay. The reason that habits are so hard for people to stick to is number one, they don't understand working phase and maintenance phase. Number two, they don't have a, an accountability partner or a buddy or someone to say, stay the course, like just reiterating those affirmations and that encouragement is so important. And then number three, they're trying to do something that really is not going to work for their non-negotiable responsibilities. Like it's not going to work for their lifestyle. And so they try it, but is it going to last? No, absolutely not. Like you, it's not fit for you. So take the idea and find out where you're in your life, in your day, it does fit. Maybe you can't move, go to the gym seven days a week. You could move your body for seven days a week and maybe you only go to the gym once a week. Like you have to know your schedule and be okay with doing what's best for you. And not worrying about like, 
well, this is what so-and-so did to hit eight figures. And I got to do exactly, this is what I need to do, or this is the coach I need to hire, or this is how many hours they should spend on social. There's all these like to-dos that really aren't getting you anywhere, but overwhelmed and frustrated. It's so funny. Like, I was laughing as you were <laughs> describing all these, like, because I've sat in, in sessions like that where someone's like, you know, I don't check my email till 12 o'clock. And I'm just like, I've already checked my email 40 times today. I guess that means I'm a failure. Um, or when, when people like will post their morning routines on, on Instagram and it's, you know, playing with sound bowls first and then a long meditation and followed by an hour long journal session. I'm just like, holy shit. I, I have so much work to do before 12 o'clock. There's, there's no way I could squeeze that in. And like I've tried so many different things thinking, oh, maybe this would improve it. And ultimately you hit the nail on the head, which is you have to find what works for you in that moment. And right. like I found some routines that worked for me two years ago that are not possible to do right now with, with a one-year-old mm -hmm. child. It's just not yeah. going to happen. And I've had to make some very big adjustments, not only to my habits, but also to how I'm measuring the success of those habits. Um, like yeah. uh, there was a time where it was important to me to get 60 to 90 minutes of a workout six days a week. Now, if I go to the gym three to five days a week, that was an awesome week. Good job. Right. Exactly. But I, I, I can't look at it that way anymore. I can't, I can't, hold those expectations because when is that going to happen with, as you said, you, you were a single parent. Like I have, you know, my son gets up at about 5 AM and I'm on the clock. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, I can go to the gym, but that means I got to be up at four and that's going to happen some days, but it's not going to happen every day. And the right. days it doesn't happen, guess what? I can go for a walk that evening. Or, you know, I can, we, we have an exercise bike. I can hit the exercise bike for 15 minutes or something like that. So I can still hit a small habit, but without holding myself up to these really high expectations. And so I absolutely love that, that you pointed that out. Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, it's something, it's not the popular opinion, um, but it's the reality that works. And, you know, you either want to have a successful life that you can define successful, meaning you love your life, even on the really bad days, even on the really hard days. Um, you enjoy your life, even on those months or seasons where just shit's really hard. Um, and you're happy with what you're doing, both professionally and personally. Um, and if you can say all of those things, then your life is successful. Um, and, and you have the freedom and you have the power that you're looking for, whatever your bank account says, because the bank account isn't going to give you freedom. It's going to give you options. So if you're looking for freedom, if you're looking for um, a challenge, like whatever you're looking for in life, you ultimately still want to come to the end of your life and feel like, damn, that was a good run. Like it was definitely not easy. 
It was not the way that I had hoped on many occasions. We all suffer trauma. We all suffer loss. We all suffer challenges. Um, but overall, in the big umbrella, you lived a life you loved living. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, that's what I am constantly trying to do for myself. It's what I'm teaching my children. It's what I talk about with clients. And it's what I speak about is, you know, you're going to go through seasons of your life you hate that are maybe were dealt to you or you found yourself in. It doesn't have to be the end of your story. It can just be a chapter. You have the power to control the things in your personal ecosystem and do it in a way that's going to work for you and speak life into you, whether or not, you know, Susie Smith, the health and wellness guru agrees with you or not, or, or maybe she does it a little bit differently. It doesn't matter. That's great for her, but that's not going to work for me right now. And I think having that conversation and giving yourself permission to do things in a way that's going to work for you is really step number one. I, you and I are simpatico on this because I'm so exhausted seeing really all these soapbox platitudes of it's almost bullying people for mm -hmm. having different circumstances and different conditions yeah. in their life. And it, it, it's a very closed minded way to not only see one's own life, but to see the world around them. And I think that's, yes. that, that's unfortunate for, for people who choose to look at it that way. Yes. I agree with you. And I think it's, it's giving a really false perception of what's possible. Um, and, but it's also giving a false perception of what's realistic. Um, mm -hmm. and, and where, in, where you as an individual fit in, into that picture, where do you fit into the puzzle that if you can't meet this picture, if you can't do what someone else is doing, if your life looks a little bit different, if your circumstances are a little bit different, it limits you on, on what you really want to accomplish. That's where those limiting beliefs come from. Um, but then it's also, it's, it's unrealistic to think that you can, everybody can do this. Like everybody's going to be in the one person. There would be no 1%. It would be a hundred percent. So figure out where, like where you really want to fit in, like what's really going to fulfill you, what's really going to light you up, what's really going to support your goals and make you feel like you're contributing to your family or society or your community or whatever you're really called to do, what you feel like your purpose and identity is. It may not be being the richest entrepreneur in the world. Yeah. And that's okay. It is. This conversation has been so long overdue. I am, I am so excited. <laughs> it that really has. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. Where can listeners go to connect with you and learn more about the work that you're doing to help others deal with, with really this, this epidemic of burnout? Uh, the fastest way to get to me is, um, from the website, which is like so archaic when I say it out loud, 
but it is it really is um everything's there so if you go to warriorforward.com you can sign up for the newsletter we send a newsletter out every week um you can get in the private facebook group which is for women only sorry <laughs> um where i am go live every week we have free workshops every month um all my socials are there if you want to follow me programs are there so everything's kind of right there and it's just it's an all-inclusive little hub of information so that's the easiest place to go perfect and we're going to make sure that is in the show notes kim such a delight thank you so much for being a part of this thank you for having me it was such an honor thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again.